Are you looking to buy or sell real estate? You've got questions, we've got answers. Welcome to the show, it's going to be great, featuring Matt and Jen from Home Team to You. And now, without further ado, it's Matt and Jen! Hey everybody, it's Matt Cornstead. Hey, yeah, and Jen Stoddard. We are happy that you're tuning in. Today we have a great show. We're pretty excited about our guests today. But first, our in-studio guests. I would like to introduce again Emily Jamison. She's back with us today. So, Emily, how are things going? Good. Not too bad. Getting used to the whole director of operations role, but not, not too shabby. You can handle all those agents? So she can far. order pizza. Does a good job at that. Yeah. Convinced Matt to order pizza multiple weeks in a row, so it's good. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. Really good. It's been a big improvement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the pizza yeah. has? Oh, yeah. Just uh, just the way that she can handle you, maybe. Mm. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Great. I like it. Uh, and then you just heard Jake Newhouse. How's it going, Jake? I am doing great. Thank you. Enjoying the nice warm weather. Hopefully it's here to stick around for a little while, but... It is Wisconsin, It'll so snow one more time. yeah, we've got one more snowstorm coming. Always, at least one. No, 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 stop. It's <laughs> no. true. I know it's true, but I don't want snow. I don't, I don't either. The boat dock is in. Oh. We're ready to roll for ready? spring, summer. Your boat's not in though, is it? Nope, not yet. If you have the dock, why don't you put the boat in? The lift isn't in. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not gonna there. ask why the lift isn't in. Because the company hasn't come to put it in yet. Because <laughs> the water's too low. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> 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 right. Well, our special guest today is Michelle Drea, the City of Madison Assessor. Hello, Michelle. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So how many city assessors are there? I'm assuming you're not the only one that covers all of the City of Madison. No, so I'm the official city assessor, but our staff, we have a staff of about 25. Um, so that's residential appraisers, commercial appraisers, personal property appraisers. We have um, assessment technicians, um, administrative staff, um, data entry staff, a whole lot. And our lovely Emily Jameson used to be on the staff. We miss her terribly. <laughs> I miss it too. See? See, you're well-loved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how is this city split up between those uh, other agents or whatever you call them, the employees or the staff? The appraisers? So yeah. we have approximately 90,000 parcels in the city between personal property, residential property, and commercial. So there are nine residential appraisers. There are four commercial appraisers. And then the rest of the staff is either data collection, data entry, kind of managing the data flow in the office. We have a, a few managers as well in that process, two managers actually. Nine's actually pretty amazing to cover that much property in Madison. For the residential parcels? Yeah, yep. absolutely. For the residential parcels number, I, you know, I want to say around 75,000, and then the rest, the other 15, is the commercial Fewer, fewer, obviously, commercial oh, parcels, but right. um, higher dollar values. Yeah. Mm, it's crazy. We're busy over there, yeah. yeah. For real. Very busy. Yeah, it's about a 30-ish billion dollar tax base. Wow. Is that pretty typical for the size of the city to have that many people working it? 
Um, well, if you're asking me, we could use more. <laughs> I would have thought that there would have been more. Absolutely. Just in we do comparative market analysis, which you do way, way, way more than that. But all of the paperwork for each property is probably takes a lot of time, I would guess. It does. You, well, we start with mass appraisal, which is a, we, I can describe later on, but mass appraisal is a little less involved, but then as you go through the property annually, or the process annually, we pivot to individual appraisals as folks contact us and want to appeal their assessments or what have you. There's triggers that will we'll go from mass appraisal to individual, and then the process gets pretty you know, intense, pretty granular at that point, but there's fewer of those, so um, kind of a give and a take there. But we do like the city of Milwaukee is a smaller tax base, more parcels, and they have maybe five more folks on their staff. That's not a whole so lot more. I, you know, the number just seems to be the ratio of people working versus the number of parcels you have to cover just seems pretty amazing. It's it's very busy most of the time. So it's always happened. It's an exciting industry in that regard. You're never bored, but uh, it is a lot. They, the, there's, the Wisconsin Property Assessment Manual is what guides our work, and that's promulgated by the Department of Revenue, and they have a whole chapter in that manual that, that talks about our staffing needs and what we should have. So I do rely on that quite a bit when I make a pitch for more folks. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know if you need some help there. I'll put a good word in for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Can can we so can we back up a little bit and can you kind of when we talk just about the word assessment, what does that mean to a homeowner, a condo owner, a property owner? Sure. So an assessment is the value, the market value that that we establish for your property, and then that's what the tax your tax bill is based on. So unlike, um, for example, I know you, you must do a lot of appraisal work, right? So the appraisal work for financing appraisals, um, while we have the same goals, which is to establish a fair market value for that property, so the goal is the same, but what we do with that fair market value is a little bit different. So we have different rules that we have to abide by versus you know financing appraisals for mortgages, um, different rules same goal, different outcomes. So what we set as that property value um, is what the tax base is based on. Um, and that's for all properties. Whereas a financing appraisal, that's what you're going to, there's, there's establishing what the mortgage essentially should be set at. So what that property is worth. But ostensibly, we should be reaching the same, it should, fair market value is fair market value. Does that answer your question? It does. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, as you were saying that, when you said something along the lines of, you know, that they they don't end up equaling the same, or they the outcome isn't always the same, why why is that outcome different? Well, they should they should be the same. I mean, as my my argument is that financing appraisals and the assessed value should be in at least the same ballpark. We do operate under different rules. So I can say the statutes that guide my work are not the same for financing appraisers. So there's different rules and different case law that guides what that kind of mandates how I have to do things. Financing appraisals operate under different rules. Um, so sometimes you can have a difference of opinion about what fair market value will be. But I would argue that hopefully it's very similar. Like 
regardless of the fact that we have to we operate under different rules, the goal is still the same, which is to recognize what fair market value is. And maybe the biggest difference is like we talked about just a minute ago is the the market value of what somebody's willing to pay for it is moving at a lot faster pace than you guys can cover. Correct. So we are always in catch up mode, right? So right. we always are looking back. So when we I, we set values as of January first every year. And we're looking at data from the year before. So we look at Jan 1, we look at our sales, for example, for 2021, we're looking at 2020 sales to derive 2021 market value. So that's a little bit different than financing appraisals as well, just the point in time that you're looking at. Um, So January 1, we're looking back, we're saying, okay, in 2020, sales happened, We'll, we'll do assessment areas, and we'll say within this particular geographic scope, we had 20 sales and 20 sales, those 20 sales indicated that our assessments are lagging behind by anywhere from five to 15%. And then we'll take a look at the sales. We eliminate outliers, those that are real high, real low. We try to dive into the, the facts around the sales. And then we'll say, okay, overall our performance and our assessment performance in this area is falling behind. We have to have those assessments catch up um, so we'll have to increase, and this is the mass appraisal part, we, we ascribe a trend to that area, so we'll increase the assessments by, let's say, 3%. So we looked at the 5 to 15, we're like, 5 is even too high, we're going to go 3% in this area because our assessments are falling behind what the sale prices are, and we get graded by the Department of Revenue. So they look at their data points, our sales versus assessments, and if my assessments fall too far behind sales, then we get in big trouble with the Department of Revenue. So we have to be mindful. It's called a sales ratio. We have to tighten up our assessments versus sale price. So we're always responding to the market. So year behind, we're always responding um, and playing playing a little bit of catch up. And we have to be sure that we're accurate and we don't fall too far. There's about a 10% we're given about a 10% leeway by the Department of Revenue before we get into to, to big trouble. It's got to be tough, too, with, again, as fast as the properties are going up for the what people are willing to pay for them and still staying within your margin has got to be a little bit of a challenge. It is. The Madison residential market is bananas. It's just there's the sales. I, and I think to some degree right now, and you must be feeling this as well, it's supply and demand. The supply is not as big as the demand, obviously. And so what people are willing to pay is really creating some gangbusters markets for us. And then we have to moderate because the other thing we don't want to do is to have things yo-yo. So we try to take a look at not just a single year. I mean, that's what our data set is to begin with, but then we'll look at a three-year span to say, okay, are we going to take it up a little bit here and a little bit the next? So that the other thing we want to try to avoid is folks in, in areas getting like a 20% yeah. trend, for example, that feels bad. That doesn't feel good to anybody. Right. So we try to try to moderate that out to some degree. What does that process look like in moderating it out? Um, so like obviously in a given neighborhood, there's like a few houses that sell for super, super high above it. Um, how do you ensure that everything is fair overall? Like what does that process kind of look like? Sure. So the the appraisal uh, the appraisers take a look. So any sales we get all the sales transfers that come into the office. 
Um, so that's from the Department of Revenue. So all the real estate transfers come in. We record the deeds. We take a look at the sale. We send out sales surveys, which try we try to capture a lot of data about that sale. Was there, you know, is there anything weird about a sale super high? Was there undue influence? Was there something happening where someone really needed to get to move here? Blah blah blah. There could be an extraneous circumstance that we need to consider in that sale price. Um, so we'll take a look at the highs and the lows to say what's going on. We ask a bunch of questions. We um, will call real estate agents. We'll call brokers. We'll call the buyers. We'll figure out who we can get this information from and to figure out whether or not we call it a valid sale. So is it a valid sale? Was there is was it a true arm's length transaction? Is this indicative truly of market value and then once you have that pool of sales that you're saying yep this is really indicative of what the market is um, then you have to take a look and see okay what's that what is what would the trend you kind of aggregate it out and you say what would the trend be this year do we need to take a look at doing it over a course of years so if it's really high of course we again I don't want to take someone up 20% so you say, okay, maybe we can go five and five, um, but you have to be really careful about doing that because there's also the possibility that it can go up another 20% next year, and then you're constantly in catch-up mode. So, and again, referring all the way back to the Department of Revenue, we get in trouble when we're too far behind. Um, in, the, in the city of Madison, we're never ahead. We're always, our assessments, despite... I think folks aren't ever happy about paying taxes, so it feels like maybe we're over-assessing, but it is absolutely, I can guarantee you, not true. We are always behind playing catch-up mm -hmm. um, and trying to do that in a way that's reasonable and accurate and statutorily you know, compliant. So we'll find that middle ground, say, okay, we're comfortable doing maybe a 5-5-5. Five, five, and five. We think that this market's going to kind of sit right here. Um, based on what we've seen in the past, do a little bit of projecting. Um, but it is walking a fine line for sure. Mm -hmm. So how much? <laughs> yeah. My question is, how much of your day do you spend looking at numbers? All day? <laughs> That's, a lot. That's a lot of numbers. Well, my staff, like the staff does a lot of the, a lot of statistical analysis, but there's a ton that happens. I mean, we employ a lot of different um, statistics from histograms to, you know, Excel spreadsheets to different um, software platforms to try to figure out what's going on and we're running sales grids on things to figure out um, what's in line, what's not. If there's something weird about a specific sale, you try to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Bottom, you... There are a lot of numbers. The numbers get weird when you get into like the billions. Then I have to count zeros. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're doing the you know, uh, yeah, the overall tax base gets to be, those numbers are pretty, pretty significant. Oh, yeah. I was just about to say that, Matt, you would probably like working at the assess assessor's office just yeah, because of charts. I wouldn't like the heating and cooling, though. That would kind of be a bummer to me. Yeah. <laughs> he he wouldn't make it. <laughs> you probably wouldn't like the, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers be okay. But just be the heating and cooling might bother me. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and the dust, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> this, but the dust is not fun. I'm not going to lie. But the statistical analysis is fun. It's like a giant puzzle. You know, you're always trying to figure something out, and you have facts ahead of you. And but it's not so much science that there isn't. There's still some art to it as well. So that's the piece I like. So it's yeah, it's fascinating. Okay, I've got, I've got another one. 
we throw okay. out the terms assessor and we throw out the terms appraiser. And I, I would be lying if most people really did not understand what the difference was. So could you sure. talk a little bit about what the difference is between the two and uh, you know, what, what each of their roles are and how they kind of intertwine or work together? Sure. Good question. So an assessor is a municipal role. So my role is by statute, I assign the tax role, I have statutory duties to the municipality. You know, I have all these different boxes that I have to check. Whereas the appraisers on the staff are doing the true appraisal work. So appraisers, I think that term, regardless of where you use it, an appraiser is an appraiser. Now you might be doing it in different fields, again, different rules, but your function of um, deriving fair market value is the same. So that's the appraisal work, whereas the assessor role is really that municipal role that's establishing the tax base specifically for tax purposes. So um, it's sometimes they're used interchangeably. Um, it is the assessor really is a term of art in that way where it's specific statutory duties that we have to the municipality that are completely governed by the state to set the tax base, whereas again, appraisal work is deriving the fair market value of property. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yep. One of the things that when we're going on listing appointments and we're meeting with people, we'll look at their assessments and sometimes they're kind of way off from what their house actually is. And they will say things like, well, we didn't let the assessor in, so okay. they don't know that we did our basement or this or that. Um, how do you guys deal with folks that won't let you in for like reevaluations after a sale or things like that? Well, it's, it's a great question. We try to derive as much information as we can from, you know, when, you, when, when a sale happens, we'll look on MLS listings and look at pictures. And, you know, we've gotten better at this over time, particularly in COVID times, as we're not doing any inspections right now. Um, we do heavily lean into our online resources to see what, you know, it's like a little bit, a little mini investigation about the property to see what we can find out. We do have access to all permits. So all permits in the city come into our office and we verify the permits. Um, we do increases based on cost tables. So we'll take a look at a permit, let's say for windows, and we'll say, okay, what grade house is it? How many windows? And we'll have an estimate or default value for what that is if we can't go out in the field and look. Now, similarly for like siting and that kind of a thing. So any permit that you've pulled in the city, which I realize folks do a lot of work without permits, but any permit work you've done in the city we have captured that value in some way. Perhaps not as accurately as we could, but we have at least given it a good try. Um, it's unfortunate that people are concerned about letting us come in and take a look because then what happens is you'll have those sale prices jump and then that's <laughs> what we look at for the trend for the overall neighborhood. So then that neighborhood goes up and it's simply instead of making it a reasonable and accurate process, incrementally over time that value is caught at the sale and then the next year the whole neighborhood gets that jump give or take so, so it's less I expensive would, to let you in mm -hmm. <laughs> it is well it's, it's just it is and then it's better for like the municipality overall to have it accurate than it's not these large jumps right. um and the incremental over time i would argue is 
a more thoughtful approach rather than those large jumps. And you always want your property to be accurate, right? The record to be accurate. Um, I think I would argue that that helps in your sales too, because if you have a home that's assessed low and you want to get a high listing price, people are going to ask why, right? What's the difference? What? So do you get asked that often? Does that happen? We, we do get asked that. Mm-hmm. People wonder what's up with that. And a lot of times it's the permit issues where people didn't pull permits. One thing in real estate that will is probably helping you now is that uh, banks are catching on when people aren't um, pulling permits and we have it on our real estate condition report. So now when people are selling, it's getting getting found out. So when if anybody ever asks us if they should pull a permit, it's like you need to pull a permit because it's going to be an issue down the line. So Right, right. Oh, that's great. I'm glad that that message is coming in different ways. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. Not just me, the tax guy. I'm not really the tax guy. <laughs> I'm next to the tax guy. <laughs> so let's scenario. Um, let's say somebody does do some work in their basement. They don't pull a permit or for some reason they they don't let the assessor in. They get their assessment back and it's just crazy high. Just incredibly, the value is way more than what their house is actually worth. Is a friend of yours? Is there asking for a friend? (laughs) Asking for a friend. friend. (laughs) Uh, I promise... (laughs) I promise my basement is unfinished. I have pictures to prove it. (laughs) Time stamped. Um, So one one way or another, let's say that the homeowner does feel that the value is off dramatically one way or another. Is there a, a, a plan of action or a route that they can take to, I don't know if I want to say argue it, but, you know, find out if, you know, how how the value was figured out and if there's any recourse on adjusting that appropriately? Sure, that's a great question. So once your assessment notices go out, and this is the time of year to happen, so assessment notices will actually be mailed on April 16th. So once those assessment notices get mailed out, we have a two-week period that's called the open book period, and that we encourage folks to contact our office, bring up your concerns, provide any information that you have. We built out an online, you know, COVID um, forced, it was a blessing and a curse. COVID forced a lot of innovations for us. So we have an online portal that we built out last year where you can uh, download photos. There's, you know, um, different surveys to fill out, forms, and let us know, like, what you're thinking, why you think you're off, and provide evidence. And then we'll take a look at that in a two-week period, and if we say, sure enough, we made a mistake, we can take care of it in that open book period. If it's more of a valuation error where we're just differing on our, like, we think it should be one thing and you think it should be another, fair enough, then we'll encourage you to fill out an objection form, which is also built in the system, and you will then pivot from mass appraisal to individual appraisal. So then we're going to take a look at your specific property, um, and we'll again, we'll run those sales grids. We're going to dive deep into your specific property to figure out what, what's the difference. Where, where are you coming from? Where are we coming from? And then there will be an objection report written with a lot of detail. And it goes through the Board of Assessors here. So it's a board that we have that's appointed by the Mayor and Common Council. And they look at all these objections and vote. Uh, so it's a formal vote. It's a formal 
board. It's not quite as quasi-judicial slash judicial as the board of review, but it is like on the record, Robert's Rules of Orders. Um, they either will sustain the, uh, the assessment, they will raise it, adjust it, whatever they see fit based on the report that the appraiser provides, and that appraiser never votes on their own report. So the appraiser for that area will take a look at your information, your objection form, they will write up a response, they'll make a recommendation, and then the Board of Assessors will agree or not. They can go all kinds, they can go, they can't increase it, but they can decrease or sustain. Um, and then if you're still not happy with that response, you can move on to the Board of Review, which is again that semi, it's, it's really a formal judicial process. It's quasi-judicial, but folks come in, so there's a board of property owners in the city. They sit on this board, again, they're appointed by the um, mayor and common council, and they hear, it's, there's rules of evidence, they hear your objection, they vote, um, and it's recorded, there's a transcript, so it's pretty formal, and but it's another step in that objection process. So you actually have three different steps to take, open book, board of assessors, and then board of review. If you're still not happy, you can move on to other steps after that. There's um, Department of Revenue and Circuit Court you can move on to, but typically between those three steps, we'll have a result that most folks can live with. How many of those do you see per year, do you think, on average? Our open book contact, well, Emily's help with this, it gets pretty busy, so we have <laughs> thousands of contacts during open book. Wow. Um, formal filings, it, so it just gets smaller and smaller as you go through the steps. So objections through Board of Assessors is in the hundreds. Keeping in mind that we have 90,000 parcels in the city, so it's right. not bad. And then Board of Review, we probably have at most maybe 30 to 40 hearings mm. overall. So it's less than a 0.01%. You know, it's a small amount. Um, but keeping in mind, that's the commercial property as well. Do you still have to sit in a room for two hours during open book? I do, I do. So the first, the statute is pretty archaic. So for two hours, I have to sit in a room. Um, and back in the day, the statute's written as if I'm sitting there with the printed roll, which is like a bazillion pages long. You know, of course, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm sitting there with a computer that has the roll on it. Um, but I do have to sit in person for two hours. Um, and folks can come in and chat. We didn't have anybody come last year, but I still had to go through the, the mechanics of it. We'll have that again on the 19th, the morning of the 19th. Uh, most of the contact now, though, folks don't like to park and make their way downtown. So <laughs> the majority of the contact now is online, which is good. It's, it's better to track. You have evidence of what's been communicated. It's, it's a better system, but happy to chat in person. Yeah, good for COVID times. No, the statute is just not, I just can't, they really need to update it. I just think it's so funny that I'm supposed to sit there with thousands of pages and be like, where are you? <laughs> go to we can rent Emily out to help you again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you pay for parking. Yeah. No, it's too expensive. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. One of the things in real estate that we see sometimes with assessments, it comes in with new construction where you have a property that got assessed on just, you know, a half-built house, and then it goes, um, it closes, and so they just have that kind of partial assessment thing. I believe it was last year, there was a different municipality, and instead of 
keeping the assessment at the partial assessment, they'd like moved it up to the full assessment. And we as realtors had always thought that it would just stay for a year, but that municipality changed it. And so we had told people incorrectly that it would just stay like that for a year. Have you had any experience kind of with that? So, yep, we actually are looking at our processes right now. So if you typically we partial, we, we have in the past expended a ton of resources, not just on new construction, but on, you know, permits pulled to, to be so granular with percentages on what's complete uh, by the end of the year. So it's, it is a ton of staff time to go in the field and, and quantify that. So we're looking at where we want to draw the line with when we can presume something's complete. So in large commercial projects, for example, we're not just going to presume a building is done within a year. If you've um, begun construction of a home in January, by the next January, we're going to say it's probably done. January 1, we can presume complete, but we'll do a field check in fall to make sure. So if it's not actually complete, you wouldn't have that full value on your home, um, your newly built home. So we do try to reflect carefully what actually is going to be in existence on January 1st. Um, but we're trying to balance out the resources that we're expending to get as granular as we've got we've gotten. I wouldn't say the pendulum will swing that other way where we'll just say it's we'll presume that it's complete um, without that field check, but we are taking a look at that. But you know our our statutory task is to be accurate in our assessment, so I can't assess something that's on January 1st, if there's not a full building there, then I don't know how I could assess, you know, a, whole, a full building. So it's a, it's a balance. Mm -hmm. Did that answer your question? Yep. Kind of a yeah, definitely. Pushing people with resources, trying to figure out, obviously I can't miraculously be everywhere in the city at once <laughs> on January 1st. <laughs> What's the most challenging property you've had to assess? You know, I think, there's a few different things that happen. The, the, sometimes it's less about the property and more about the property owner that's challenging <laughs> on the commercial <laughs> side. So commercial commercial properties can be really really challenging. The residential side isn't isn't you know from a, an appraisal methodology. It, they're pretty straightforward. Um, it is very personal though. So you know the homeowners it it's just it, it feels different when you're in the residential world. Um, so that can be emotionally draining because you're walking people through. This is their, you know, their whole, they don't want to spend their retirement savings on their taxes or whatever. It's a very personal process. Whereas the commercial properties get, the methodology is tricky. Like you're using the income approach. You're using all kinds of different things. Um, less personal. I'm dealing with attorneys rather than owners oftentimes. So it's tricky in that way, but it's definitely not, it doesn't feel as personal. It's more, this is about a kind of business decision kind of thing. So, you know. It sounds a lot like real estate sales. It's the same way. The residential is more personal and the commercial is more numbers. Precisely, precisely. And it's just, so it depends on what, what drains you more. <laughs> so I, I view the residential side as more of an education challenge, you know. So the methodology is simple, but but presenting what we do in a way that's accessible to folks where they can feel good about it and empowered. If they don't like something, I don't want people to walk away thinking, 
that they can't do anything about it. So if you don't like how our levy is created or how taxes are created, then I want to spend some time with you to tell you I'm not your person to change that, but boy, I want to help you figure out where you can go and who you can talk to if you don't like the rules involved. And so a large part of my, large part of my job, I view, is empowering folks with accurate information. Yeah, all right. Yeah. That's, I mean, I t- learned a ton. Um, <laughs> do you guys have any other questions that you can kind of think of off the top of your heads quick? Or um, I had one. And it's uh, when it, an assessor does come in t- to your home to do what they do, what are they exactly looking for? Are they walking around just going, okay, yep, this is a house. They're judging the decor style. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that paint color is <laughs> terrible. Who is your designer? Look at all the dirty dishes in the sink. Again, he's asking for a friend. Yeah, right. asking for a friend. Right. Are they... Are they are they just looking to see that it is three bedrooms and it's two bathrooms, or do they go one level further and look at, all right, it does have quartz countertops, it does have updated finishes. Uh, same thing on the outside. Is a property with more brick going to affect the value if it's or just vinyl or landscaping? Is that part of it? What what are the sure. is that assessor looking for? So we do go, it's not quite as simple as you have two bathrooms, check. We do look at finish. That goes to quality and class. So, and when you, one of the tasks that we have by statute is to make sure that your property record card is accurate, which is everything that we've captured about your property. So we try to be accurate. So if you have granite countertops, well, that'll go into the quality class. If you have this vinyl is not the the best sighting, but it's pretty typical. But if you had something that was an upgrade from there, we'd want to capture that. That also goes into the effective age of the property, which um, is relevant when we're doing sales comparisons and grids out for that. So uh, we do try to get pretty granular there. We're not looking, I mean, folks think that stuff like you, if you need a paint job on the outside, that that's deeply impactful. It is not. Um, you know, so if you have a little bit of deferred maintenance, that might go to the effective age, but it is not terribly impactful. We're not really looking at landscaping. Um, we're not really looking to a large degree, you know, I, I'm trying to think of the things I've heard in the last year, even that were like, the, you know, our basement's a tiny bit leaky. It doesn't really matter. Um, what do we hear an awful lot? Like water coolers. We're not looking at that. Do you have like... Um, Air conditioning, that's something we would we would pay attention to, but it doesn't necessarily impact value all that much. Appliances don't impact value all that at all, actually. We're, we're looking at the built, built-in part of it, so the countertops and the cabinets would be relevant, but your refrigerator is not. I can imagine of. that people may, I mean, maybe this happens more to you, but when people meet the assessor at their house to sometimes they just follow them along telling them all the terrible things about the property that's what i'm envisioning <laughs> this room's falling down this room is falling down this there's a hole here Careful don't on those trip. steps <laughs> i typically only do like i've only gone out on commercial like mm-hmm. the, the big ones those are the ones that are being litigated so those are the ones that i go to but i have heard stories i mean you hear it in board of assessors and board of review too like this is just the worst in the world and then we're asking, like, well, gosh, why did you pay this for it then? If it's so terrible, mm-hmm. <laughs> how come But the pictures did? look really nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So 
Well, I mean, but I also understand if you live in a place that has a leaky basement, it sucks. You've got to leave. You know, I mean, I understand that from a personal perspective, that is really relevant to you. And I want to take that seriously and meet you with that. You know, I, I don't want you to think that I'm disregarding that sentiment, but it is not impactful to value. It just simply isn't. So I try to explain it kindly um, and, and listen to them. I think sometimes people just want to be listened to, but um, it's the larger, like I've gone through, I just recently went through a commercial um, walkthrough and it was just, the park next door has heroin addicts in it. You know, this is all blah, blah, blah. So it was just this terrible thing. And it's like in this beautiful, you know, it was like, <laughs> you would have this picture that I'm, you know, stepping across like needles and, you know, and all this weird stuff to get to this place to look at it. And I was like, this is really not okay. <laughs> so if people have but, questions about their assessment or um, who can they contact? So you should contact our office. So you can contact me directly. My email is mdrea at cityofmadison.com. We also have an assessor mailbox, which is assessor, A-S-S-E-S-S-O-R, at cityofmadison.com. Um, our direct line is 608-266-4531. Give us a call anytime. But you'll see, and we also have a lot of great information on our webpage. And we did create a video last year, it's a brief video about COVID impacting assessments um, that I strongly encourage people to seek out on our website. It is really informational. It describes like our mass appraisal, it describes COVID impacts. It has a lot of great information in it. Um, so I think that could answer a lot of questions just from the get-go. Um, and then we have a lot of resources on that page as well, a lot of good information. And that's just City of Madison Assessor webpage. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Anything for Emily. Oh, oh brother. Aww. We love wow. Emily, too. Wow. Here we go. Aww. We're going to get another set of headphones over there. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have gotten uh, green bush uh, donuts for this office because I'm like, Michelle's done that before, and it's been great. So yeah. I'm like, yeah. Got to carry that Green Bush is the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, tomorrow sounds good. True yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you, you brought those in just like a, you passed your real estate license yeah. test. Was, you were like, yay, and we're like, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> you passed the test and you brought the donuts. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was my first day. Was it really? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you're gluten-free, so. I watched. <laughs> he watched and smelled. Yep. The best donuts are at bloom bake shop have you tried those on um that's on monroe street is that what sam brought in i have not tried that Ooh. sam brought They're in vegan and gluten-free and they are super good oh. stop the show <laughs> <laughs> level five <Or> donuts. <laughs> level five donuts are always also good they have like gluten-free and vegan donuts as well all right. uh, we are uh, we are looking for sponsors, uh, <laughs> <laughs> particularly gluten free bakeries. The best yeah. would be if you drop the best us be Jacob some. eating a donut during the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, now I'm hungry. We're oh. derailed here. That's okay. All right. Well, it was great. Well, thanks everybody. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah great. Thank you. you again. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks so much. Take care. Yep, bye bye. Yeah. Bye. Right, well, donuts I, tomorrow. I learned a ton. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's very interesting to hear about um, the as assessing process as, you know, from the assessor's viewpoint. Because mm -hmm. we tend to hear it a lot from, you know, 
homeowners' viewpoints. So, yeah. Can you imagine the spreadsheets okay. and numbers that are in that office, though? There are so many. <laughs> yeah. I can see Matt salivating. Matt's like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, what's no, the address? <laughs> what time is it? She's still there for another 20 minutes. Okay, but they have, like, a file room full of, like, I don't know, 30 file cabinets, super deep ones, too, full of just, like, property record cards that are, like, spreadsheets wow. and, like, a whole other hallway full of them. I had to go through all of them. <laughs> Matt, Matt's thinking, who needs donuts? <laughs> <laughs> we got spreadsheets. 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 <laughs> <laughs> can count the calories. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> no. I think my biggest takeaway from talking with Michelle was that I think a lot of people look at the city assessor as kind of the big bad wolf. Yes. Right? Like mm-hmm. they're out to get us. She's so nice. Right. And <laughs> obviously, yeah. we just spoke to this wonderful woman for the last half hour, and that's absolutely not the case, and that they have a job to do, and it ultimately impacts the whole community, mm-hmm. and that they're not out just to hike people's property taxes up every single chance that they can get. It seems like it's very fair and accounted for and calculated and regulated and methodical is what i heard mm, yeah it's like she they can't just be like hey we don't like you so right. <laughs> you're what going it, up what <laughs> it also does though is whatever they decide your tax is for your property that money then goes back to increasing probably the value of your property based on what's offered in the area mm-hmm. right so even though you're getting taxed that also theoretically should also be improving your value of your property mm-hmm. quite the deep process yeah so um, we were going to talk about assessments and how they affect real estate. So we had the first one where people are way um, underassessed or way overassessed. And, I mean, how has that affected real estate transactions that you guys have had, Matt? Well, it's going to affect what buyers and sellers want. So, you know, if the assessment is low and the asking price is high, the buyers sometimes are why? questioning why. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. the difference? What happened? Apparently, if somebody doesn't let people into their house, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they're super high and they're, for some reason, it's overinflated, and then people, they put the price lower, people wonder, you know, what's wrong with it? Like, mm-hmm. why are you discounting it so much? So I do think that the assessments have... Um, weight when it comes to pricing and buying and selling homes we always look at the assessment when we're pricing a home because you want to look at it just to kind of look at it as a base i I think it's all about that education too right is educating the buyers and the sellers the impact that it can have because i do know people don't want to let that assessor in the house because they have done they have finished their basement or they added another bedroom upstairs or gutted the place and put in whatever it might be. And that you know, if you feel like you're kind of sticking it to the man to a point, but in reality, you're really kind of hurting yourself in the process because when it does come time to buy or sell, you can only hide that for so long mm-hmm. and eventually it's going to come out and you'd rather have it, I think, up front and have it be known than surprises after the fact. Mm-hmm. Do you have any good stories from working there, Emily? I'm trying to think of some. Besides I do stories. know. You said the computer system was pretty archaic. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, I think when I was working there, their main like data entry system was like you had to type in codes <laughs> where you had to like type J and then like, for example, NQB2 or something to get to another page to type in <laughs> all of the information for the property. So it was DOS? <laughs> No, they, they had someone on staff who, like, built it in the 80s. Oh, no. And so they were like, we wow. should put this guy in a glass box. I was say, you Otherwise, hope that guy doesn't retire. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, but, like, you had to jump around to different pages and basically code things. Um, but I, it sounds like they've upped their data entry system, at least. <laughs> I remember a lot of property owners who didn't want people on their yard. So, like, my main job was going around. I was the assessment technician. So I went around with like the property record card and any permits that were pulled and I would just verify like exterior permits. And so I would have to like verify like measurements and everything like that and then check the finishes. And if it like increased, then I would like mark that down. And when I got back to the office, I like worked on increasing the value like assessment. Um, But I remember a lot of people were like, what are you doing on my yard? Get off my lawn. Exactly, yeah, like, don't touch my house. You're so threatening. <laughs> Stuff I like can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, had a clipboard, so I, like, eventually just taped a big City of Madison thing <laughs> on the outside. Like, I'm just, I'm here for City <laughs> of Madison stuff. I'm not here to sell you things. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to tax you more. <laughs> I don't yeah, want exactly. a pamphlet. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to give you a pamphlet. Nope. I'm just going to value your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fun. I... We had one of those like super long, I think a hundred foot um, tape measure things. The wheels, with yeah, the wheel on with it. like the little spokes that went into the yard, and I had I remember using those a lot. It was it was very annoying, especially with the clipboard and like <laughs> pens and some other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Jake does that on the weekends. You have a laser though, so that's nice. He still uses the roller. Oh really? Well, it, for those distances, yeah, the roller would be much easier. Yeah, I but the laser is nice because it doubles as a cat toy at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember helping like a actual like a appraiser go out, and I had to like walk over to the other side of the house with a clipboard and hold it up, yeah. so they could like use that instead of the roller thing. It's also really good for annoying all your other coworkers in the office. The laser. All right, I gotta bring mine in then. Mm. Should I bring um, mine too? Oh yeah. We could have laser wars. Laser wars. <laughs> You've officially been caught off. Wow. 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 I think these are different lasers. This is a Star Wars reference. I so. just have a cat I understood. Laser. Yes. yes. <laughs> we went from wars. laser pointers to lightsabers <laughs> to a terrible Darth Vader impression. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? The lightsaber impression wasn't bad. Wow. 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 Better if I move my head faster. Yes. Well, that yeah. was better. Yeah, that not was much, good. but better. I'll work it up for next week. Not much. Yeah. <laughs> Notice how Jacob got real quiet. He's like, I'm, I'm biting my tongue. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. So Matt's resume is spreadsheets and lasers. Lasers. <laughs> Laser, Laser noises. Well, Lasers. <laughs> Laser. That's why I picked him. Laser. <laughs> Laser beams. Oh yeah. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, appraisals. <laughs> right? Oh, another story. Appraisals. Oh. I, re- I remember going out to one lady's house and I was like, oh, you pulled a permit. I'm just going to check it. And she's like, no, like you guys have to stop checking my house every time I pull a permit. Like next time you guys come, I'm going to like, I'm going to 
you know, retaliate somehow. And I'm like, well, okay, have a good day. <laughs> Goodbye. Shoot her with your laser? I should have. <laughs> laser. But I was like, I'm, I'm harmless. Please don't, like, shoot me or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it sounded like she would either, like, fight or do something along those lines. I, I, don't, I don't know. So what are all the things that trigger the... Um, Reevaluations. So sales and sales. permits are probably the big ones. Yeah, sales and permits. I think that's pretty much it. And like end of the year. Sure. Adjustments. Yeah. Adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. So when people pay a lot more for their house, the assessor gets that information. So it can't be a big surprise if their taxes are going to be affected in some way, if their assessment was a lot lower before. So that's what I always tell people. It's like, hey, you know what you paid for your house. So you kind of have to figure in that if you paid that, that was the fair market value to you. So don't be surprised if that, you know, ends up going up. Yeah. It does take a little bit to adjust, though. Mm -hmm. And if even if you're buying. Which didn't you hear? She said everything goes back. Or yeah. They're way behind. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because people are like mad about their assessments now, but it's like we're just, just wait and catch up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more is coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Did she, you imagine though if you lived in your live in your house mm -hmm. for fifty years, and you're the last one in that's the last sale in your neighborhood, but everybody else around you is sold for you know hundred thousand more than what your yeah your assessment would go up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure I've sat into some of those like. Um, board of review or board of appeal things. Um, and I remember one person was like, hey, I haven't touched my home like at all. Like I know the people next to me have, but like I haven't touched it. I can't afford to touch it. Like why are you raising my taxes kind of thing and like kind of set their case. And then for that particular one, I'm pretty sure they like lowered what he was appealing mm -hmm. um, just because like, you know, it makes sense. I mean, you it's tough to make that a big adjustment if you're... Yeah, exactly. It's like, my neighbor's house is super nice, but... Mine's like a crap hole. <laughs> I'm kidding. Not a crap <laughs> hole, but like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Has not been updated, seems... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Politically correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it... I mean, can you imagine... I mean, just if you pretend that um, we had to do CMAs for the whole city and try and guess the values and all these things just from random pictures that you find. When she was telling me that, I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> mm -hmm. And some some realtors' pictures, they're probably really accurate, and they can see a lot. And other stuff, you know, where there's just one fuzzy front shot, they're like, what do I do with this? Yeah. We had, like, I think right before I left, we had an issue where they were changing some laws <laughs> about, like, people going on to homes or like properties to assess them because like property owners wanted some more privacy. Mm -hmm. um, so we had to like pivot and kind of like, pivot out. Pivot how out. do we use like <laughs> Google Maps to use to like do assessments or stuff? Or like, should we fly drones out there or, you know, stuff, stuff like that? Because pictures aren't that great. And we, since property owners weren't letting appraisers out there, it's like, what do we do now? Yeah, one thing that um, I noticed is a lot of people now have ring doorbells. Mm -hmm. And I saw on Facebook a couple days ago, someone was like, who's this person on my property? And 
I, I suspect that the person, because the person was doing a real estate transaction, and so we, it was probably an insurance person or you know something like that, but it could very well be a tax person. Mm-hmm. But people are just freaked out. Like, the, the whole thing was like, who's this pervert on my yard? And it's like, well. It's a pervert. Ugh, <laughs> right? Get a clipboard. <laughs> the, the, he, this city this one didn't have a clipboard, but, <laughs> yeah. y- you know. I think I would be less suspicious if they had a clipboard, but yeah, I don't know. clipboards and badges. Yeah. Maybe it was a pervert. It, it could have been, <laughs> but yeah, it, it wasn't. Th- it wasn't the buyer, and it wasn't the buyer's lender, but it could have been the buyer's insurance person. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot time. of people in this transaction that need information <sighs> on the house, and sometimes it's like, well, I'm just going to stop over, and yeah. people are like, what are you doing? And th- they could see them from work, you know, because they got the ring doorbell right there. Yeah. So it's yeah. a whole new world. People are very Sing protective. It, nope. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> it. Yeah. Not singing <laughs> it. Everybody else is thinking it too. I'm not the only one. <laughs> I did get my pivot in though. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I, s- I had to. He- uh, I had to hold back when she said pivot. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair. Did such a good job. I, th- I think to your point, and we talked about this too, like you had said, Emily, people not letting you on your property. Mm-hmm. Then you're kind of taking a guess mm-hmm. as the assessor, right? If the outside is beautiful, but you've gutted the inside and it's that time of year and they come around and they assess your property at way more than what it's probably worth. Yeah, you're <laughs> I mean, that's not yourself. right. Yeah. That's not the city's fault. Mm-hmm. So that I'm sure that's extremely frustrating yeah. from an assessor standpoint is... Again, they're not the big bad wolf. They're so tell your friend to let them in. Mm-hmm. I'll let them in. I've let I let them in the last time. <laughs> Maybe not the time <laughs> before that. So I may Matt not have been Fred, home. Your but friend, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what you're talking about, Jake. Yeah, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I've always had the theory that if you're nice to the assessor and you know you're you let them in and you're give them a good tour or whatever that just human nature they're going to not necessarily be kinder to you but they're not specifically going to be like oh well i could go one way or the other but you were a jerk so mm, have we had an assessor come in to any of our properties yes we we had an assessor come in on a property in richmond hill Mm. and i was telling um emily that the fellow came in and he had mud on his shoes and he didn't remove his I shoes. I remember that. And he got mud all over our carpet. But I was like, you're the assessor and I love you and that's fine. That's great. Please it's reduce good. our assessment from please, the muddy carpet. Please do not <laughs> <laughs> totally jack our assessment and I will shampoo my carpet. <laughs> if so. it helps, I know the city of Madison requires their assessors to wear the booties. Yeah, this was a long, booties. long, long time ago. And I remember very clearly that they were like black tennis shoe sneaker type shoes. And I was just like. It wasn't enough that it was totally obvious, but you could see it yeah. as you walked through. Like it wasn't like a big mud pile. Uh-huh. Oh, dang. You yeah. should have complained to their supervisor. Should have got a reduction yeah, a com- taxes. I, well, we figured yeah. Big Bad Wolf, we're not complaining. Please don't raise our taxes. <laughs> he did anyway. Yeah, they did go up. but That happens. Mm-hmm. Taxes every do go up every year, mm-hmm. from what well, I've sometimes noticed. Sometimes they go down. Ours have gone yes, down. Have in Madison, they go down sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
Actually, all of ours, I think, went down this year. Or maybe yeah. we not one of them, but the rest of them went down. We have several tax bills in different municipalities, so every now and again, one goes down, and it tends to be Madison, which makes us cheer. It's not going to be the other one where they're building a new high school. Yeah, probably not, no. <laughs> not that I'm bitter. Nope. <laughs> it's not. Not at all. I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get one, too. You're going to get that. I know. I went and bought a tent last week. <laughs> Backup plan. <laughs> You could just sleep <laughs> in the office. You have just your scooter personal. in your tent. You don't even have to scoot here. You could just tent here. Yeah. I'm just going to tax your personal tent or personal property. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's some to, nice yeah. dumpsters <laughs> out in the back. <laughs> looks like your size. It looks like your wow. size. You wow. have like a couple rooms. You could also fit a cargo truck in it. I'm going to kick you out of your office. <laughs> oh, Take over. those fighting Ooh. words. Eh, no. <laughs> no. She's going to no. bring donuts tomorrow, Jake. Be nice to her. Yeah. You are? One for everybody but you. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> donuts and spreadsheets. <laughs> you get the spreadsheets. Sounds like a ska band. <laughs> can we make a home team for you, ska band? We can. What no, we can't. What's your role going to be? Are there tambourines? Hmm? Tambourines <laughs> and I'm like, ska already, bands? I already no. have tambourine. Triangle. Uh, I don't think so. Ching, ching, I can ching. be the hype person, but I definitely <laughs> can't sing. Yeah, those little things you, those little things that you Castanets? put in your fingers. Yes. Yeah. Castanets. Castanets. Yes. Right. No. I guess can take a beat. <laughs> 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 I, <don't laughs> I just remember. Right, Jacob. I just remember. I thought he said yeah. <laughs> I just remember in dance we had to use those for one dance. So it's finger symbols. Like being a finger symbols. Kind of. I think it was for a Spanish dance. Okay. I'm going to uh. Google what it's called. Hmm. <laughs> we will sit here and wait. <laughs> do, do, do. Hey, did you see Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy? Yeah, yeah, Castanet. Uh-huh. I did. Got it. Got it. You right. saw it? Did, did you see his final qu- the final question? Yes, yeah. I did. Uh, did you see the first day of the, uh, the answer in Double Jeopardy? I think the guy that answered it? About, is that right? what you're talking about with the guy yeah, yeah, asked yeah. why it, who decided to kick the field goal? Yeah. yeah that was hilarious. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was rough. <laughs> Yeah, he knew he couldn't win, so he just... Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Rogers took it like a champ. Yeah. He had his hair kind of all, like, slicked and serious. He's been there too many times. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, right. you, you're nothing like the Is reporters. Is it for two weeks? Right? Yeah. I think so. I think yeah. so. I meant he was in a position where they could go to the Super Bowl too many times, but yeah, we'll that, go with Jeopardy. Uh, uh, that, too. Next year. It's always next year. Yeah. Then maybe that's it. <laughs> and that's it. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. He what is the Super Bowl? He might not uh, be on the Packers <laughs> too much longer. Is that your answer? Really? Your final answer? Mm-hmm. Final answer. Like, is, is this like a scoop? I mean, I yes. Jake is a bear fan. Home team for you, scoop. I've, I've, you know, they've been. There's been talks. Rogers has like he's committed to like one more year, I believe. Yeah. But uh, the way that, that it's looking, he might not be on the Packers and for the rest of his career. So, I don't know. I don't know these things. How old is he? 38. I don't know that either. I'm like, how much longer can he play? Aaron, Google it. Aaron, (laughs) since you're listening. Hey, Aaron Rodgers, can you text me quick how old you are? (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst the Dolly Parton clout. That's the clout I've got. Me and Rodgers, he's got my number. Yeah, he's probably watching right now. He is. He's not recording Jeopardy because I think it's pre-recorded. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. He's thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. He's got three years left. He's six foot two. He's short. <laughs> he uh, went to Berkeley. Yep. Yeah. He's a bear. 
His parents are Edward and Darla. His brother's name is? He was on The Bachelor, Tom Brady. His brother's not Tom Brady. Well, it doesn't have brothers, but it has Tom Brady. Is that even the same last name? His his brother was on. on, Yeah, Jordan. Jordan. He was on one of those dating shows and found love. Jordan Love? Isn't Jordan Love the quarterback? Hey, isn't it Jordan Love? (laughs) The backup quarterback, yeah. You just did that. Jordan Love. What happened? I blacked Mets out. Sorry, what? Jordan. Jordan. Jordan Rogers. Jordan Rogers, and then Jen just said love. Mm-hmm. Right. And Jordan Love. Because Aaron Rodgers' brother fell f- deeply, deeply in love in the matter of probably four and a half hours. <laughs> do you know how real I that think, is? I think they're still together. Are they? Yeah. Told you. I mean, <laughs> reality TV is real, Jake. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they have been. Together since 2016. Look oh. at the Google machine over here. <laughs> Jojo, just, just Jojo Fletcher. <laughs> Those also, fingers are just burning. Also, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers has two brothers, so Mike I feel and bad for Joe. the other one. Jordan the other, and the other brother. <laughs> Jordan and Ed. I don't know. Rick. Rick. Luke. Mike. Luke. 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 Stop it. Steve. Luke. 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 Jason. Luke Rogers. Luke. <laughs> Yeah. Good God. From that reality <laughs> show, it sounded like Aaron wasn't close with his family. They I w- could I could right. definitely see why he why he won. Mm-hmm. Very attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got nothing. Sorry, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Zach? Zach, if you're watching. <laughs> you better look you better look there and tell him you're sorry. <laughs> no, wrong camera. I'm looking at a camera. Camera three. Camera one, camera three. Labeled which one? Camera is which one? Do we label these on your little soundboard thing over there? One, two, three, and four. Which is one? I'm number one, right? This is one. Whichever one you want it to be. This is two. This is three. This is four. Hey! (laughs) He calls it your little soundboard thing. Close enough. I do have control sound. I got a soundboard over here. See, look, I can. uh, The thing is pretty sweet. I just muted uh, Matt, so. Boy, where's that <laughs> button been the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> Just let him sit over here in his, own little, him anyway. in his own little la-la land thinking he's participating. <sighs> and <laughs> yeah, you can sort of make his little Star Wars. <laughs> I didn't make any noise. Can't tell. All right. It's <laughs> a <laughs> <Good> podcast. <laughs> time to wrap this one up. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I learned a lot, so I hope you guys did too. Yeah. Absolutely. That was really awesome. Thanks for the hookup, Emily. Oh, yeah. Yes, thank you, Emily. Michelle's pretty awesome. Yes, she is. Definitely not the big bad wolf. Thanks for the donuts, too. How much are you paying her for those things she said about you? She bought her donuts, Jake. I just said donuts, yeah. (laughs) Nice. I'll bring in donuts tomorrow, Matt. No, you're not. Emily is. You can bring those in on Friday. And that's a wrap. And that's all we have today, (laughs) folks. Thanks for joining us on... It's going to be great. (laughs) Well, Matt had a good send-off. If you're looking to buy or sell real estate in South Central Wisconsin, you know who to hit up. It's Home Team for you. Dot com. Home Team, number four, letter U. Dot com. Dot com, okay. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. This gets better every time. (laughs)